welcome to whatever the name of this show is, because we're too punk rock to have an intro. We're just two outlaws <laughs> living on the outskirts of town, doing things by our own rules. It does sort of feel like uh, we live a drifter lifestyle, doesn't it? Oh, for years now. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've felt it's been sort of amped up since we've moved to sort of the beach. I mean, 100% it's been amped up since we haven't had a permanent home. That yeah. does lead to the drifter lifestyle. Remember when we... Um, we went through a phase in our relationship where you would torture me by saying you were a drifter baby. That was four months ago. Of course <laughs> I remember. But I I did hit like some sort of a nerve with you where, you know, you were like, so what do you, how do you feel like you're going to like attack the world and like your career and like what you're going to do with your life once the pandemic was over? And I decided to just keep telling Ashley, like, I'm pretty sure from this point on, I'm just a drifter. I'm, I'm never going to try and have any responsibility ever. And I just drift to wherever the wind takes me. And I thought it was fun to just consider myself a drifter in my head for like a couple of uh, minutes just to play out the scenario. But it really struck a nerve with Ashley. And <laughs> she got really upset with me. And so naturally, I doubled down on it. And I, uh, anytime I was asked any sort of a question that looked like it would lead to me, uh, it would lead to a person who was a drifter to kind of shrug it off, I would shrug it off. Or anytime I was uh, asked anything of me that seemed as though like uh, a drifter wouldn't do that, I, I, I kind of said that I wasn't going to do it because I was a drifter. And I found out Ashley started um, talking to her friends about it. Yeah, I got upset. I was like, <laughs> Nick says he's a drifter, and I don't know if I can marry a drifter. <laughs> and where people we like, a drifter? What is this like a a, a Clint Eastwood movie? What do you mean a drifter? Like uh, who? How is there a drifter? Ashley just spilled <laughs> is spilling so much liquid right now. What'd you spill? Coffee? Yeah, it's a bunch of coffee. Listen, I guess I'm still affected by this drifter business. How did that happen? How'd you spill again? I just really, it just seems like Here, I just this. sort of use turned my too. coffee cup over. It's really in the instant replay. Anyway, so um, I, I'm not a drifter, but I did like telling Ashley that I was a drifter. But uh, yes, living by the beach, I kind of feel, kind of um, lends itself to sort of drifterism. Yeah, we're basically um, the dude. Yeah, you're like the dude, sort of. You yeah. just kind of like chill out and just worry about like what's comfortable to you right at that moment. White Russian, your rug that makes the room. Right, uh, pulls the room together. I haven't had a white Russian ever in my life. Have you? Yes. You have? Yeah. Where? Oh my God. When I started. Oh my God. Oh my God. When I started drinking, like when I was able to order drinks from a bar legally. Um, I went through all the the famous cocktails. I did White Russian, Cosmopolitan. Only one I've never had is a Long Island iced tea. <clears throat> I used to drink those. See, that's what I used to drink. The only ones of those that I've ever had is uh, a Long Island iced tea. And in college, because I went to college in Long Island, I thought it was pretty cool to order a Long <laughs> Island iced tea. And I bet you the bartenders did too. Um, I'm trying to remember one I used to drink. Oh, Whiskey Sours. I used to like Whiskey Sours. Whiskey Sour to me always seemed, seemed like it was tasty was and it I, tasty it's tasty I've never yeah. had it what makes it sour i don't know we i used to make them i used to like go to the little abc store which you guys have you don't know what makes stores. it sour i don't even it, remember yeah i used to make them and it would be like you buy a little bottle of whiskey and then you buy like a little bit of sour mix or something and okay, you put it in ice and mix. you mix it together um but a white russian is good it's just like too much milk yeah it's thick it's just, it's a milk. It's, you're drinking a glass of milk. Well, what is it? It's Kahlua? Kahlua, maybe some. Rum? 
Yeah, rum. That sounds right. <laughs> You've had a um, like a Irish coffee, like Bailey's. Yes, I've had Irish it's, coffee. It's before. in the same vein. Like I'd say they're cousins. We used to uh, speaking of college and Irish coffee. We used to drink uh, Irish car bombs in in college. What is that, Jägermeister? <clears throat> it's yes. You you put a no. It's a you drop a shot of i'm trying to remember i think it's bailey's you drop a shot of bailey's in a beer or something like that okay i don't really remember but all i know is it would like you had to drink it really fast because if you didn't or no in a in a you drop a shot of bailey's in jameson's oh okay and uh like you'd pour the bailey you light it on on fire or something and no no you just would drop like the shot in like the whole okay. shot glass would go into the pint glass. I understand. And when it hit the bottom, you drank the whole pint at the same time. Ew. And and apparently <laughs> what that was doing was um it like you had to drink it fast enough or the whiskey would curdle the Oh right. Curdle yeah, the, 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 the cream the, and the cream Baileys. and the Baileys. So, now, so, is the, so that is was it... like part of it, like that's why you had to drink it that fast. So it did feel like a rush. Like you, you it's a ticking time bomb before you had like gross milk in your mouth. Now is that is this named after the IRA? Yes, it's like uh because of the Irish and their car bombing. Oh um, my god, and, that's and horrible. These are vaguely Irish things, Jameson's Irish whiskey and Baileys. And Baileys so. Um that's a shame. That's a shame. I find what's the, what's the shame there? I guess just human history is a bummer. Um, that just you know the troubles has turned into like a th- something you know like a, a, a what's the word I'm looking for like a kitschy shot that drunk college kids do. Right, right, yeah. I mean, um, it's, it was co-opted by uh, drunk college kids. Sure. Yeah, I I'm, find, I'm sure that the IRA was not doing that with their whiskey. Of course not. Right? I find. Um, like drink culture now to be so boring. Like I'm not interested in alcohol culture at all. Well, what's the other one where you drop the um shot of uh, Jägermeister into a beer? I don't know. I don't know. I never wanted to pound liquor. Like the idea of like you drop a shot and then you take it back and you throw it and you yeah. It's not something that I was ever was I was ever like yes yeah, sign me up for that. That sounds cool. I I did a little bit at certain times in my life and I, I always got sick. I I would shotgun beers in college. I thought that was fun. I did that as well. I but that's just because I was trying to impress guys. I was also trying to impress guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I, I I shotgun beers. We shotgun beers way less in the most I've ever like partied like uh like a frat guy was probably my senior year of high school. Yeah, and uh, w- there was uh, just a moment in time in which. We were, um, we what we called them in in Monmouth County, New Jersey, as funneling. I think other places they call it beer bonging, right? With that, you know, like the 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 funnel. You put the funnel with the tube, and then you pour yeah. the beer in it, and then you drink the whole thing. And gravity does its thing. And uh, there was a point in which I got pretty good at it, and uh, me and my friends got pretty good at it, and we were funneling beers like at like that was how we took in the beer like oh my you know god I mean? like well we were like 18 or something you know so we we're stupid so uh yes but like it would became a contest of like how many you could put in the funnel and do at once and i'm telling you it got close to like a six pack you know what i mean it now got, it and was, is that a situation where you just open your throat and you yes just, or do you like it's are just, you sipping from the funnel no i think if you sipped you lost the game the game like because uh, it wasn't going to go down that way 
you had to open up your mouth and throat and just like <laughs> like <laughs> until it all just went away and then your stomach was like full and you're like <gasps> and this is why you should really get your kids make sure they stay in organized sports um, make sure that they I have an outlet it. I was in organized sports no we're... you weren't you were out by once your knees blew out you were done yeah babe. but I was in plays and stuff Believe no me. plays I didn't say plays the people I plays were... are not good the... plays are where vagrants hang out and people make out with each other and I'm speaking specifically from my experience. I didn't do this with anybody in plays. I literally just did this with the Raritan football team. That's who it was. The guys. Okay. And by the way, they won states that year. Okay, get so your he, kids out of organized yeah. sports and put them in plays. <laughs> that it was a uh, it was a motley crew of people who won states the the multiple years in a row that we were all beer bonging. I did not go to that high school. What's that the was answer here? Put an instrument in your kid's hand. I think it's just um, hope. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive, please, for the love of God. Kids are going to drink. You know, I feel like I I loved being in plays. I shouldn't say that's where the vagrants hung out. But we did smoke a lot of cigarettes as techies. It was like part of our outfit. You know, you dress in all black. You hang out. Once I moved from the stage, once I stopped auditioning, because uh, when you were in the play, you had to spend so much more time at rehearsal than you did as a techie. I was like, I'll just be a techie because I still want to be involved. And that's really when I got into like my... And what uh, did you do? Run the light board? No, I worked on set design. I like painted things and made sure all the props were in order. I was like always running around painting a mural on some piece of ply board. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, so, I mean, we have a lot to talk about, Ash, do we not? We really do. Um, I think number one is our internet went out again this week. So and, I'm on uh, a walk, okay? <laughs> I'm on a walk, and I'm just enjoying the day. I'm enjoying catching some Pokemon, and I get a call from Nick, and he's like, listen, I'm in, I don't know, Target. Who knows where Nick was? And he was like, you gotta go help Nan. The internet's out. You gotta go restart the router. And I was like, okay, okay. So I turned back. The internet also, we actually mean the cable is out. It's the same line. We have an optimum yeah. situation going on here, and uh, they both uh, seem, Ashley realized the internet was out but uh my grandma who likes her tv realized that the tv was out so i was like fuck my grandma's not gonna be able to survive without that tv man needs the tv on we all we all know that yes. and so i'm like okay no problem i head back and i turn down our street and there's just like four men standing in the street with caution tape they're all looking around at each other everyone's, never good never every, good everyone seems confused everyone's chatting the guy across the street who's always riding a bike he's standing in the middle of the street on his bike i'm like oh boy bike guy is here that means something is up bike guy was out was santa claus out Santa Claus was not out, but our neighbor was out, bike guy was out, and then two kind of guys who I've never seen before who had like a, some sort of repair truck and a bunch of caution tape. And then there's just a bunch of wires hanging in the street. And uh, I walk up to our neighbor. I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, cable's out, internet's out got knocked down and I was like you gotta be kidding me I should say it was a windy ass day and this was on Friday and he said yeah they're not gonna be able to fix it till Tuesday we already called and I was like Tuesday so then I go inside and uh, Nan has fled the house she's gone off on like I guess a CBS trip when she realized the cable was out she's like I gotta I gotta do something she's left with uh, her little bud and Nick's gone so I call up Nick I tell the bad news and what does Nick do He's like, "Uh uh-uh, nope, we're going to get them to come sooner than freaking Tuesday. Well, did you mention they said Tuesday? 
Yeah, I just I, said I that tuned he said out for, Tuesday. I tuned out for a Babe, second. Babe, if we're going to do a podcast together, you have to listen to me when I'm speaking because you oftentimes repeat things I've already well, That's said. why I asked. So, um, yeah, no, I, I just called him. I, I, what I was thinking about, I was like, <laughs> there's really no good ending to the story. And Ashley is saying this as if like this is like, and then we found out there was a squirrel up there who was jerking off on it. Like, <laughs> there is no good end to this story. Like, it just went out. And okay, I think I, there's a good end. And then I called up. And instead of for them being to, uh, doing Tuesday, they came the next day in the evening. So it was good. Well, the thing is, is that Nick had to teach class on Saturday and he doesn't have the Internet. And so I'm the only person in the family with unlimited data. And so I was like, babe, you can use my phone because I'm a loving wife, if nothing, but a supportive, loving partner. I was like, babe, you can use my free data, teach your class for two hours. I'm going to go on an adventure without my phone. And boy, oh boy, did I. I have not been let loose into the world for two hours without my phone. And it just so turns out that that was the day Ocean Grove, or the little sleepy town we live in, was having a huge sort of craft fair. What's it called? Spring Fling? Was that the name of it? I don't know. I guess Spring Ahead. So everybody's out and about. There's all these tents up on Main Street, Main Ave. There's a band playing, a soft dad rock jazz, lots and lots and lots of arts and crafts. I end up, I go out into this world. I've got my Polaroid camera. I've got my regular 35 millimeter camera. Start taking pictures, start snapping shots, start making friends. I talked to this woman named Darlene who's been making stained glass since 1989. She says she does it for her mental health. Okay, I love Darlene's collection. She had a fruit collection. She had a seashell collection. She gave me a deal. I bought two pieces of stained glass from Darlene. I'm looking at it right now. Took pictures of it with my Polaroid camera. Came back to the house. Played with makeup like I was 17. Haven't gone in the bathroom and just been like, I'm going to play with makeup in so long. Walked around, played with Lily. I just had the best time not having access to my phone, babe. I loved it. And you I want, did love it. I want to incorporate it more because I will. I have this little lockbox for my phone. I'll lock up my phone. You guys have heard us talk about it on the pod before. I only do that at night. I've never just like done that in the middle of the day on a weekend. I think I learned an important lesson. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty bummed. You know, whenever the internet and the cable's out, I'm just like, what the hell are, am I going to do? What am I going to do? Um, and so we had one night that we had to sort of fill without uh, our, our precious cable and internet. And uh, so what I, uh, I, I luckily still have like a little bit of media that we can play that is not, you know, dependent on streaming. You know what I mean? So... I had downloaded a bunch of shit over the years, like on a, uh, I had a hard drive that just had like back when I had, you know, when this is how you would get stuff and you would kind of like get files for things. And I've collected a bunch of shows and weird movies and stuff on a, on a hard drive. And so I was like, let me bust out this hard drive and see what's there. And, um, the, I I saw a bunch of stuff that I kind of wanted to watch. There were some movies I wanted to get to. But the number one thing that just popped out of me, of course, was I have just a shit ton of like very old school challenges on there stuff that they ha- don't have not put up on paramount plus yet and ashley has not really seen any challenges like pre like the ruins or something like that back when it was like not even the same show and so i asked i was like ash you want to go you want to watch a little bit of challenge 2000 uh which was like the third season of the show and it was like uh back it was like the last season that i believe they called it 
the real world road rules challenge. Mm, mm-hmm. So we put on a couple episodes of that. Ash, tell tell me what you think about the challenge two thousand. I mean, it's just a completely different show. It's basically road rules, but two teams are competing against each other. They're living in buses, real world team and road rules team, and then they go to checkpoints around the country, and then they battle each other out in these like very sort of local, sort of slice of life type challenges. Yeah, there's like no real host, you know. So no any, host. They would show up and just like the tour guide of the place would be hosting the game. The local the yokel will yeah. step up and be like, well, "This is how we eat mud pies." <laughs> <laughs> and then they like do like a mud pie baking contest. Yeah, it very much was road rules, but they just incorporated the real world and it was a competition. And um, and it was fun because some of the people that we've been like seeing in like a very like classic sense in the classic shows that we've been watching that they've put on that Paramount Plus are in this show. I mean, we had there was Yes. I, I forgot that um, Heather B. Heather B was on this season. Great. Which, and, and boy, oh boy, is she on this season. Yeah, she's very competitive, Heather B. She's making a big splash. Big old splash. Um, So it was kind of fun. We watched a few episodes of that and uh, I was like, oh, this is okay. We're getting through some stuff that I think my, we would have never done if we had the old the old cable because what was sitting there for us was another five episodes of The Circle or whatever that we hadn't watched yet. So, like, clearly that was what was burning in our brains that we were missing out on. So um, And The Ducks. And The Ducks, which I'm out on, I guess. Babe, you can't be out on that. <laughs> you cannot be out All on right, that. Fine. We're finishing that season. Fine, I'll finish the season. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was kind of a little bit of a panic. Something that really came out of it that was really good was I had, um, there was a show that uh, a friend of mine basically just emailed me um, and it's a show that I think was playing on Viceland for a while, but it's a Canadian show called Nirvana, the band, the show. And man is, I had no idea about this show and it's a really, really funny show about two guys who want to play a show at like a semi-famous, uh, venue in Toronto called the Rivoli. And they don't really have a band, but they are, they every day sort of come up with hijinks on how to get themselves booked for a show at the Rivoli, which is across the street from their apartment. And it's very goofy and silly, but the remarkable thing about the show, which I did not, like, I didn't even realize until maybe the second episode, and I started kind of Googling around and texting my friend, is that um, the show is a scripted show, but they do, the scenes in public, they don't, it's all guerrilla filming, and all of the other people in the scene are not in on it. So they have a script where they'll go into like a public library and be talking to people in the public library. And it has very much to do with the 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 plot that they've been kind of driving towards. And, uh, you know, everybody in the library doesn't know they're on a show. So they're all just real people reacting really to these two guys who are kind of asking them silly things. And it's like a hybrid sort of prank reality uh, sitcom. And it is filmed, it is done so (laughs) incredibly well um, that everything sort of fits together and the reactions you get from the people that are not in on it are so pure and fun and realistic because they are exactly real. I can't recommend this show enough. I think maybe if you go on your cable provider to the Viceland thing, if you have that, you might be able to find it. I don't know. Pay for it on iTunes. It's so good. There's two seasons out right now, and I finished the first season in like a day. Um, and then I kind of had to do research. I was like, who are these guys? They were making me laugh so much. Found out that the one guy, Matt Johnson, this is kind of his thing. 
he um, made a big splash at Slam Dance. Do you know what Slam Dance is? It sounds really familiar. It goes up against Sundance, and it's for like kind of lower budget, like real sort of. Gotcha. It's real, like just like film. The indies. Like, indie, like maybe like college filmmaking. Gritty. Um, but like what happens at Slam Dance is like if you can get in, like there are really like producers and shit and people who want to buy your stuff there. And this like won a bunch of awards at Slam Dance, the movie that this guy Matt Johnson made in like 2013 called The Dirties, uh, D-I-R-T-I-E-S, um, which is very Canadian, The Dirties. And uh, it's a it's a, a movie, okay, it's not 100% a comedy. It's a really fucking good movie that is kind of edgy and filmed in the same way that this movie is. I'd like to show you, Ashley, this movie because I think you would be affected by it. I want to watch it. I heard clips of it last night and I was like, I went upstairs to edit my video and I heard some things that made me very interested. I laughed in the first, I would say, 50% of the movie. I belly laughed. I guffawed like a few times. The last half of the movie... I don't think it's supposed to be funny and it's not. And I don't want to ruin it for anybody because I really think that you should see this movie, but it's the same deal. It's filmed in a hybrid sense, but it's definitely like these four guys, two people who are on camera and like a couple other guys. Cause I, I listened to an interview afterwards. The whole crew was like five guys, people who filmed and then the two main actors and it, they were out of high school at the time. I think this was maybe like they were in college together or something. They were in their 20s, but they look like high schoolers. They're kind of young looking guys. And they it's a movie about these two guys who want to make a movie um, where they, they're two guys who get bullied in high school. They play high schoolers. They want to make a movie about like kids in high school who get bullied who come back to the school and kill all the bullies but the way that they do it is is it's like it's originally supposed to be as though like they are just like they kill all the bullies in like a revenge action movie sense and so they film this movie guerrilla style at high schools where i don't know how much access they really got to high schools and i know some film some of the scenes were clearly totally like they had to get the space and they had to pre-plan the shots. Other ones, they're just like walking into high schools and filming sh- filming scenes in there, pretending like they're part of the high school. And then it, it becomes like whether they know, know it or not, the, the real filmmakers who are making the, the movie that I watch, not the filmmakers within the movie. It's very meta, like because these guys are making a movie called The Dirties about it's made to look like it's almost like a documentary on the movie, but you get to see the entire movie as it's shot. It's edited in such an incredible way. And that's about the Nirvana, the band, the show. The editing is so incredible to tell this story. It's so meta. They, they use scenes. They use different types of scenes that you've seen in, in other movies in their movie. So there's all these references to film in it, but, uh, the end of this movie ends up being kind of a commentary on like bullying and school shooting. What? In a real way. Did not expect that. I didn't really either. It, I, I kind of had a, a hunch because when I heard the Matt Johnson get interviewed about the first season of the show on Viceland, which is very much a comedy, um, he was talking about how he's like, I really like movie. I really like comedy movies that that have like a lot of like real serious moments. And he was kind of talking about like if you talk to the two characters in Nirvana, the band, the show, 
they are making a move a show that they don't kind of reference because it's mockumentary style it's kind of like parks and rec we're like who's following them around we don't know why we don't know but like if you were to ask those like two characters if they were real like if their show is or movie is a comedy or if or a, a or a drama they would say drama they don't think what they're doing is funny at all but we are laughing at them so there is like it's like there's so much more sort of like uh, real filmmaking going on in this kind of silly comedy show, and the movie that they started they got the 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 permission to make the show is very much like a it, it could be triggering mm. it's it, it's pretty edgy you know because you're dealing with two like the bully sort of the the kids who've been bullied mentality. And he, the guy Matt Johnson very much plays like a a kid. You could be very believed. Uh, you could. It's very believable that he would be bullied, and and the way that he talks. I mean, not to ruin it, but the whole idea. Don't is, ruin it. I'm I'm just gonna tell you because I don't want I don't want anybody to watch this and be like, oh my god, like what is this? Halfway through the movie, he's talking to his friend who's also in the movie, um, who is a little cooler than he is and gets a little bit more attention than he does in school and doesn't get beat up as much as he does. And throughout the movie, as they're making the movie, the other kid starts to become a little bit cool and the girl that he likes gives him attention. And so he wants to make this movie less about mm. the revenge mm -hmm. on the bullies because mm -hmm. he sort of is assimilating into his high school. Then the main character decides that like, you know what we should really do? We should actually just go in and kill these people. <gasps> and at that point, like the two main characters start to split off from one another. And I won't ruin what happens in the movie, but the last half of the movie is not funny wow. <laughs> um, at all. And it's not supposed to be funny, but wow. it's still the main character. And it's like, it's like a commentary on like how media makes you not think what you're doing like is like real because you've seen the portrayal of like, right. this kid is so wrapped up in all of these movie scenes of Pulp Fiction, these revenge like fucking action movies that like the way he's talking about a school shooting is as if it's a movie that he's in but he's really going to do it wow and it's just kind of how like uh, it's watered down the idea of like guns and stuff like that but the first half of the movie is like balls out funny like charming scenes uh, it's it's a, such a weird hybrid. It could only be like an art school film. Like you could never really show this in theaters, you know. Um, and this was like like they talked about. They had released this movie and it came out and actually played in some like when they were going to do the premiere in Canada. Sandy Hook happened. Oh my god! So it, like it was right before we really had this last sort of push of like get guns out of everything. Yeah. Um. So it was kind of bad timing, but also it added like a layer of like oh, this is crazy commentary on stuff that we're going through right now. So I know I've gone on like a, a way too long tangent about this stuff, but these are two big recommendations. He made another movie called Operation Avalanche um, that is on uh, Prime that you could stream for free if you have, or not free, but if you're subscribed to Prime. So if you're interested in all that stuff, that's probably the easiest thing to get at. That looks incredible too. Um, it's another one of these weird hybrids where he's taken footage, old footage, and then... But when I told you about this, Ash, what they do is these guys just film, 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 and they get all of these fun scenes. This is about the show mostly. Fun scenes in public with like... They use things like like real police officers are in it and like real fire departments. There's like a real fire at once in this comedy show. 
they just live in like a really popular part of Toronto and they run outside in the same outfits and film all these scenes and then later look at their footage and write scripts based on the stuff that happened in public. That's so cool. So it's like a weird through line that like perfectly works, but all of the other actors are real people. Guys, Nirvana the band, the show. And I'll tell you what, I have not laughed out loud as much as I've laughed out loud at this. And I think it's because I don't watch regular <laughs> regular TV anymore. And this, I, I wanted to talk about this on the show because eventually our cable came back. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, fucking thank God. Like we thought we were going to be out till Tuesday. But it was only one night and our cable's back. I'm like, look who's watching real TV. Ashley and I are dancing around the kitchen. And so I'm like, okay, let's put on, well, we've got to put on the circle. Been waiting all week for it, babes. Put on the circle. After the second episode of the circle, I want it out. The circle does something that's pretty ingenious. So I think they drop five episodes at a time. They have it timed in a way where when you instinctually want out, there is a very big cliffhanger. Not every episode has a cliffhanger, but they time it so that your attention span, right when you're like, eh, I could take a break, they leave you in a way where you're like, well, I have to watch the next 10 minutes of the episode. I can't have just watched two and a half hours and then leave right now. I've got to have some closure. I'll watch the next 10 minutes of the next episode. But then, of course, you start that and you're like, well, now I only have 30 minutes left in this episode. So then you finish that and then you go, oh, well, now there's only one more episode left in this block. I'm not going to just like watch it by itself. The next time a bunch of these episodes drop, I have to, I have to finish this block. So however they are manipulating us, it is working. It's working and it's painful. I wanted out after the second episode and I told Ashley, and I had mentioned this maybe even on this podcast, where I'm like, oh my God, at, at a point where I can't watch this anymore, it's so good, but it's so samey-samey as far as like the things you're watching. You're watching people sit on couches look at and looking at TVs and making decisions. And we're sitting on couches looking at TVs. Yeah. So it's a little too meta. There's a little there's not enough actual interaction with people. It's just like at a certain point it is just exactly what Nick said, samey samey. It just felt draining to me. So then the I wanted out so bad, but then of course they had the cliffhanger after the second episode of like who is going to get voted out or whatever it was. And I'm like, "All right, we'll watch the first 10 minutes." And I was like, "The internet's back. Like, I got to get back my I got to get my life back here." Like, I'm like, "Can I can I do a lap around the house?" Like, and then we're like, "All right, let's just watch a little bit of the next episode so we we don't need we we don't need the cliffhanger hanging in our heads." And of course, that happened. And then like 20 minutes into that episode, I realized like I'm still watching, and then it's like uh all of a sudden it's like, "Well, I guess we're finishing this one." It always happens that way. And then, of course, like after that episode, we look and it's like there's only one episode left in the block. And it's like, well, I guess we're just going to finish it out. And it's like at this point, I'm like pissed off that I'm watching this TV like TV show. It's like it shouldn't be that way. <laughs> I, I, I think I've burnt myself out on reality TV. I'm sorry, folks. I know you hate to hear it. But there's only one show that's not, like, painful for me to watch right now, and it's The Challenge. Everything else is kind of hard. And I'll be honest, like, the regular challenge, like, this needs to be over this Thursday on the second on the second reunion. The, the second part of the reunion must be the end of this show. I'm done with Double Agents. Go away. 
I, I like All Stars. It's it's more fun and relaxing to watch. I like watching All Stars. Um, so I am into that. Everything else, you know, I know next week we have the uh, the, the 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 finals of uh, the circle, and uh, you know we didn't even really watch mostly because of our internet cable being out, but we didn't watch the final part of the bonfires yet on uh on whatever the fuck could not care temptation less Island. about temptation it's like, Island. It's what like, a shame that show sucks i'm not gonna watch the second the fourth season of it or whatever it is like i'm just out i know it's like oh i'm not watching the fourth season like i've already given so much of my life to it yeah but it's it sucks it, it just the the jig is up over there that people like are coming on the show that really don't have many the stakes are not as high it's, it's time to retire exciting. it wait five years bring it back yeah do do what they did yeah. uh, before just do it again hit refresh and all that stuff so anyway uh, i mean that's my rant on the circle now this by no means takes away how much uh uh i i think of it i think it's a great show it's great um, I just, it's more about... Nick likes this season more than season one. I think I do. I like their gamers more in this season. Um, so I, I feel like, uh, you know, this is more of a, a commentary on binge culture. And, uh, you know, it's not that much fun. But I think it's just because I was, I, I finally had the time to watch some shit that was not reality TV. And I got really into a show. And now I'm like, uh, what is this other thing that I yeah. watch all the time? It's, I don't know. It was... Uh, you We're know, done. I, We're changing the pod. <laughs> This is called Episodic TV Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, I think it's, you know, take a little breather, you know, and then and get my balance back on my on my watching life. And I think it'll be a OK. You know what I mean? A OK. But we did get out, though. We had an adventure. We had a classic Nick and Ash adventure. Um, I for some reason, once our Internet and cable was out on Friday, I just made a decision with myself that I was going to have a very chill weekend. Usually I force myself to do a lot of work on Sunday to get ready for Monday. But this Sunday, Nick was like, babe, what if we went on a little adventure? We checked out some flea markets. We got up early. We lived our lives. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Usually I'd be like, hell no. I have to record four vids. I've got to call three people and I need to make two TikToks. But for some reason, I was just on board. And I don't know if you sold it to me a special way or what, but you got me interested. I don't think I sold it to you in any special way. I was like, you want to go to the flea market? You're like, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we actually got up early on. And that's important. On Sunday, which was yesterday. We actually got up early. And by early for us is like 8.45. You know, I know it's not that early for everybody. But on a Sunday, that's pretty good. Yeah, be out of the house by 9.30 on a Sunday. That's huge. Out of the house. And uh, we have two pretty cool flea markets, I guess. So I guess we'll talk about them. But like that are within an hour drive. Like one 20 minutes away, one 30 minutes away from that. So it's, uh, it was, uh, we went to two of them. The first one we went, to, it was called the Collingswood Flea Market. And this is the one that I initially wanted to go to. Um, and I wasn't even thinking about the second one, but we went there and, um, it, I had gone there a couple weeks ago and I think I talked about it a little bit, but, um, you know, it's just like a, it's a strange little flea market. It's a strange little flea market. And I brought Ashley there for the first time. And so what did you think of the Collingswood flea market, Ash? Um, it was, uh, crappy. It was shitty. It's small and it makes you feel claustrophobic. And there are, I would say it's like, what do you think? Like 30% 
full. Like, there's a lot of just empty booths and boarded up sort of areas. Like, yeah, I mean, we did go on a Sunday. Maybe Saturday's different, but yeah, it's... Now, that being said, I had a great time, okay? Right. right when I walk in, there's this old guy with like 400 different types of cameras, He's selling used cameras, checked out his cameras for a while, had to really stop myself from buying another 35 millimeter camera. When we, we did a loop around because I knew I was going to see him at the exit and I was pretty sure I was going to get a camera when I left his booth. But during that loop, I was I talked myself out of it because I counted all the cameras I have at home. And it's not like this camera. If I bought one I'm looking his, at two right now. You're looking at two right now. If I bought two of his camera, if I bought one of his cameras, it wouldn't be because it serves another purpose. It serves a purpose that one of my cameras don't. The purpose would, would that it serves would be you get to buy something. The, no, the purpose it serves is that it might create a different effect when I develop my film because each sort of each camera has its own look really you know depending on the time period you buy it and the make and model and so I carry around my little point and shoot I love it all the time it's like my go-to guy but a different point and shoot will have like a different um sort of style and so I am drawn to that and so I started being like Nick do you want a camera do you want a film camera yeah do you want one I noticed that I was like oh you're trying to pawn this off on me yeah so I could buy it and it can almost feel like you bought it yeah and so I would I mean honestly one of those little cameras, I I, I would like. One you of those carry cameras. around a little point and shoot. I think maybe I, I don't know exactly what to do with it. You know what I mean? But I I have a cool Polaroid camera that I like that I don't use enough. So yeah, but the Polaroid camera is for taking like artsy looking photos, whereas a thirty five a uh, point and shoot is for like document it's like when we go to disney world and we go I on an know, adventure but i have like the newest iphone it's like i don't even take pictures but that doesn't that. look as cool it as developed look, film it does look pretty cool actually i could not sh- as developed i can shoot in 4k come with on my new stop phone, so. not as not as cool as developed <laughs> film anyway so we're walking around there and uh it's it's neat it's it's definitely got its own like little style and it was small how much would have one of those cameras have i didn't been? ask him but, like what would you think a camera like that would go for i think that he would have sold that in the $40 range. Oh, I might have bought it. Yeah, I mean, I took pictures of what he had because he did have one camera that had like um, a, a special lens on it that I don't have. And so I was I was going to do some research, Google them later. When I asked him if he was here every weekend because I took a picture of his cameras to research, I was like, are you here every weekend? He said, I sure hope so. He was definitely that type of guy. Like he was like an old grumpy guy. He was like grumpy. He was like sitting in a chair like behind a mountain of camera equipment. And uh, he- My ha- kind of guy to be honest. He had like a surgical mask on. But like, uh, you know, nose exposed. Um, and was his nose? Yes, exposed? his nose was. I exposed. didn't notice that. These old. I mean, this guy was sixty-eight years old. He'd been vaccinated since January. You know what I mean? Like, it's the idea that he's like, I can't, I can't breathe. I gotta be here. This is my weekend job. This is what I do. I'm not sitting here with a mask on over my nose. I almost, that was like the almost, almost the first, I, I've been giving passes to old people in public for keeping their wow. nose out. Because it's hard to fucking breathe as no, a human you're right, being. you're right, you're right. And it's like, these people have to walk around, it's like, dudes, get vaccinated like I am and I won't have to wear this mask. Which is another thing I, I, I uh, is rattling through my brain right now. I know Ashley doesn't want me to get into it. I don't I just, want to talk about I just, it. I just read an article on New York Times this morning about how uh, we herd are, mentality. I know. We Let's are not, not going to reach it. That's not what this podcast is about. Anyway. So uh, we were in, uh, yeah, we walked around that flea market. I, I like, they have a little collectibles area in the back that my friend Darren runs. Wait, and- you were talking about the old guy. 
Oh, he was just, uh, he just had like such an attitude. He was cool. About and him. he was like, they all work. Every one of them works. You know, as I was like inspecting his camera, I, this is the kind of person I want to hang out with. Um, what? I don't know. I want to be like, I just don't see like you his guys shop along. girl. I just don't see like you guys. Oh no. Along. He would be, once we started talking, this man would be infected by my enthusiasm. As soon as he knew that I like was into what he was doing, we would be pals. Um, Nick has a friend at this flea market who mans like a booth in the back and it's kind of like old comics and CDs and tapes and toys. So we were making our way back there. And I'll say that your friend's booth was like, that was like the premier spot. It was. I told him it seems like a double wide area. And yeah. also it's like only area that looks like people can shop it <laughs> it's like yeah everything else like all the other kind of shops like feel like they are maybe collections of trash that you're walking through and, like no or... one was like there to man any yeah. of these booths like we, we remember that one that had like all it looked like somebody had like raided like a a mansion full of antiques it looks like someone went to like 45 estate sales and then shoved it into a um a storage facility and then like just kind of opened the storage facility door but put up netting so you couldn't get through it was like how do we even get in this but we one place we went to before we went to nick's friend's booth we walked by and this lady once again she wasn't in her booth she was like talking to someone in the booth next oh her. i forgot this happened yeah yeah she had a bunch of toys and she i was looking for a troll doll i want an untouched troll doll i don't know if you can get troll dolls in boxes you definitely can but i want a troll doll that like some kid hasn't put their boogery fingers through the troll hair you know what i mean so um, I was kind of looking to see if she had any troll dolls. And I noticed at this bottom rack, she had um, a bunch of Ziploc bags full of viewfinder discs, slides for viewfinders. And you might remember that Steve, um, Nick's dad, a.k.a. my almost father-in-law, <laughs> for my birthday this year, this most recent birthday, had gotten me like a Mickey Mouse viewfinder with a packet of slides from Disney World. And, you know, love that, obviously. It's totally up my alley. And so I was looking at these, this pack of slides that she had. She had all these different slides. And most of the packs were stills from movies. You know, it would be like the Cinderella collection or the Lion King collection. But she did just have one plastic bag full of like, I don't know, like 25 slides. And I was like, how much are these? Because they weren't labeled. And she was like, oh, they're three for a dollar? And then she kind of looked at me and she was, she was like, or I'll sell you the whole bag. And I was like, how much for the bag? And she was like, eight bucks. I was like, great, let's do that. We'll do the bag. I'll get home and look through them later. Um, and then once I got in the car, I started looking through these slides and I realized I had some pretty awesome slides in here, specifically Disneyland slides. Now, let me say that the Disney World, Disneyland, when it comes to the viewfinder, I am looking for real pictures. I'm I not think, looking for... I think they're called viewmasters. Viewmasters. So I think a viewfinder is like what that is on that the Polaroid. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's the viewfinder. I think the viewmaster is what we're talking about, which is you put those slides in it and you click yeah, you guys know they're like binoculars. Yeah. You hold up to your eyes and you click through it. Okay, so Viewmaster. So, and this is not up my collection. At, I mean, this is not like something I've been collecting since, but like 
Something about pictures on these slides. They are little slices of time. I'm not looking for stills from movies. I'm not looking for animation. I'm looking for like, you know, street photography. I'm looking for someone who walked through Disneyland, took a bunch of those pics. And so I got these Disneyland slides and I'm going through them and they are so incredible. First off, we've got a whole slide of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean with parts of the ride that are no longer there. Forbidden parts of that ride. So you guys, you might know that they took out the auction, the winch auction in the Pirates of the Caribbean. They used to have a part of the ride where the pirates were auctioning off women. um, And that has been removed. Not in my slide, babe. I still got a picture of it on this slide. I got a cool Jungle Cruise slide, which is also problematic in its own way. Um, <laughs> You're collecting problematic slides. I guess so. And so I'm just like loving these slides. I'm like super into it. And can I talk about the next flea market or do you want to get, do you have anything else to say here? Um, Nothing else to say. I, I, I like this uh, woman's little booth. I liked it. It was kind of tight. And, and it was neat, and she had a whole bunch of stuff jammed in there, and I thought it was pretty good. I went back to my buddy's uh, uh, area, and he wasn't there that day. And I was like, oh, it was the other guy that runs it, and I don't know him. So I we just kind of peeked in and then popped out, and then we were on our way out of there. Um, yeah, claustrophobic area, but, you know, kind of fun if you want to kill a couple hours. And it, it's so close to where we live. It's like, well, eh, might as well check out a friggin' flea market. There's a lot of produce there, too. Um, yeah, it's you know. clearly like half flea market, half farmer's market. But that this flea market really didn't have much. It was like about to drizzle, so maybe that was part of it. But there was really not much outside of like the indoor area of the flea market, which yeah. is... I think a little weird. But. And I'll say that this flea market, like the second flea market we went to, because we go to another one in this story, both of them are like, like the booths are 20% stuff you you don't care about at all 20 percent like cool flea market things like what you would expect at a flea market like you know like used books or or vintage clothes or like vintage jewelry and buttons and comic books and that sort of stuff and then I would say 60 to 70 percent like dollar store crap like bins of like toothpaste or like really cheap mass produced clothes that you buy on Amazon for $5. Like 80% of it felt like we were walking around Canal Street to some degree where it's like, this is just, this is the, um, you know, this is the dollar store. And I, I guess that is the future of flea markets. When I used to go to flea markets, they would all be like either homemade goods or vintage goods or used goods. But now this was a bunch of new cheap stuff and then let's say 10 percent produce yeah the produce looks like it was good deals produce, produce was decent yeah so um yeah we left there and i was like you want to go to another one she was like yeah let's do it so we uh, drove about a half hour and went to this one called the english town flea market um and boy this is i would say the collingswood the first flea market we went to is probably one tenth of the size and uh, the just the amount of shit that was at English Town. Yeah, I mean, one twenty. English Town. Uh, excuse my French. 
pisses on Collingswood. English Town is a freaking compound. It is like on, it feels like it's on a state fairgrounds, like the North Carolina flea market and the one in Raleigh. We had a good time here. This was this a was lot incredible. of fun. And this you was know, incredible. And honestly, not to bring it back, but both Ash and I are, are double vaxxed, and it kind of made us feel like it. W- in a normal situation, we would be like, "Let's get the fuck out of here." We had our masks on though, even outdoors, because there was a lot of people, and it was just we didn't have to. I know I didn't have to worry about this. Everybody who lives in my home is vaccinated. It was like the first time where I'm like, oh, here's a big group of people. I want to go in here. And it's like, good. There's a lot of people here. So it means it's hustling and bustling. Like we get to. It wasn't like, oh, shit. We get to actually see what's going on with this uh, flea market. So we parked and we went in and man, it it was almost uh, a bit overwhelming with the amount of stuff. I mean. Collingswood didn't have anything outside. The, the outside of this flea market was insane. I mean, it was almost okay. So the this flea market had like five different buildings you could walk through that were color coded: gray building, yellow building, you know, red building, blah blah blah. And then surrounding all of those buildings were, um, you know, tents, pop ups, uh, tables, etc. And the outside was almost impossible to walk around in. Like we did a little bit of walking around the outside, but for us, it was the indoor vendors was where it was at. Now let's bring this back. I don't even think that we established the fact that like Nick is looking for tapes. That's why this whole flea market trip was initiated to begin with. Yes. I figured I found out that because of my last trip to Collingswood that like if I'm going to find like tapes that I'd actually want to listen to, I'm collecting cassette tapes. Uh, that flea markets are my best bet uh, because most of these like uh, little antique stores or, you know, even worse, like Goodwills, they if there are tapes, cassette tapes, which there usually are not, they're like usually like, you know, Paul Anka's greatest hits or like, uh, you know, sounds of the 50s or like uh, sock hop rock. You know, it's like collections of shit that I would never buy. But I've had some decent luck at uh, some flea markets around here. So that was like my main deal. And I'm just tagging along, supposedly. I'm just there for the fun. But it turns out Ash has her own little project at hand. So we go into one of these big compounds and we find like a guy who's got books, tapes, VHSs. You know, this looks like the place where Nick might strike gold in terms of some audio tapes. So we're walking around his little booth and um, it's nice. It's cute. And like Nick, we're finding some stuff. I found four rooms on VHS, which I wish we had gotten. They had a good, uh, a good amount of VHS tapes that were like actual, like I'd want to watch and, and have. I've, I've slowly down on the VHS tapes because I have a stack of VHS tapes that I'm still waiting to digitize for certain reasons and possibly put up on YouTube because I think they're great. So I'm like, I'm not, I mean, I have so many to go through at home. I'm like, I'm not even ready to buy this. So I looked at Ash, I go, four rooms. I go, is there any value to having this on VHS? Because I've never seen it. I was like, or could we just stream it off Prime and would that hit the spot for you? And I think we both decided that that was fine. So we, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe we'd want to go back. I bet you it hasn't sold. <laughs> so nobody seems to be buying any of these uh, cassettes or VHSs. Really so, liked this booth. It had yeah. like all the goosebumps. Yeah, it was primarily books and, and records at this place. And so we were looking through them and then Ashley just out of nowhere strikes up a conversation with the uh, two people that were running it, the vendors, and asks, hey, do you have any like Viewmaster slides? And the guy was like, I have like a little storage unit like around the corner and I have a whole box of them. And uh, he's he, like, they don't sell. I put them away a while yeah. ago. You want, you want to see them? 
And then Nash was like, yeah. So the guy left, came back, and boy, he had a lot of shit. <laughs> oh, my God. This guy had a crate. Uh, first off, antique viewfinders, um, which were dusty. In retrospect, I do wish I had bought them. because Ma- Masters. Viewmasters. Viewmasters. Thank you, baby. I'm going to need you to do that a lot. Okay. Um, Viewmasters. In retrospect, I do wish I had bought them because they seem to last a lot longer than like the new versions, the plastic versions. These were like hard plastic and metal type things and then he just had a box of the most incredible curated slides um that were all in like really for the most part in really good condition they were all in their sleeves i picked through them looking back on it i wish i had just been like how much for the crate and just bought his whole collection um but i did pick through and i bought about five packs and we are definitely going back on Sunday so I can look and buy some more from this guy. But I bought um, some of the packs I got that I'm just so excited about. He did have one Disneyland pack that was kind of in bad condition but was still still enjoyable. Um, I got from him, I got a New Jersey pack, which is just like pics of New Jersey from the 60s. Um, it's like monuments, but also like shots of Atlantic City and people in their outfits. And it's just really incredible. I got a pack um, of this like day at the circus pack, which is actually terrifying. And yeah, I think I, Nick I, is going to be really into it. I can't wait to see that one. Yeah, it's like really intense. It's like pictures from a circus from the 60s. Um, this other pack though, that I'm like, I- I'm blown away by, I'm so excited by it is Paris, France. That's all that it says. It says Paris, France, and it's just street photos of people in Paris, Parisians, from, Parisians from the sixties. And it is so beautiful. Like their outfits, these 1960s Parisian outfits are first off incredible the automobiles are amazing and like the collection of of pictures this person decided to pick these are like real like like i wish i could print these out and put them up on the internet because these are like beautifully done street photo um, photos there's one that's just like parisian hobos where like someone just went under a bridge and took a picture of parisian hobos hanging out and it is just such a slice of time. I feel so honored to have seen it and to have it. Um, and just like women in beautiful 60s dresses, like walking past the Louvre. Um, it's just, it's, 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 it blew me away. It blew me away. And so now that is 100% my new thing. I'm so invested in this. I'm, we're, we are definitely going back to him next weekend. I'm going to look through his crate some more. I might buy the whole crate. Uh, Ashley has uh, what we like to call caught the bug. Oh, yeah. Big time. She caught the old collecting bug. I even ordered just like a little plastic shitty viewfinder off of Amazon so that I could use that to go through the slides quickly to like make sure they work and just check them out. So I'm not like wearing the spring out on my beautiful, beloved Mickey Mouse viewfinder. Yeah. Viewmaster. Viewmaster. And I think Viewmaster. that I think these things, um, it's definitely a um a hobby and a and a collection that would be pretty easy to get a whole bunch of without breaking the bank. It doesn't seem like it ha- has like a huge collecting fan base. There's no subreddit for Viewmasters uh, yet, at least. There, I-, I-, I went online when we got home just to kind of send you some stuff 
to kind of guide you on like what you should be looking for. And because that's the thing when, when you, when you get invested in a hobby and you start collecting certain things, um, it's important to have some sort of, uh, tent poles or, or some sort of like goalposts, like of, uh, of, of like how, what are the parameters in which I should be buying these things? Like how much do these things go for normally? Like, you don't want to go to a vendor and it's just like, yeah, this uh, this this uh, pack of slides is six hundred dollars. And it's like, why? You know, like, is, is that how much they go for online? And you should have a base knowledge in that sort of thing. Also, you should be figuring out, like, which ones are the ones that people are like really looking for for the small pocket of uh, humans that collect this stuff. Which ones are they really looking for? And the guy who ran the vendor, uh, the 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 vendor who ran that booth, uh, he mentioned something about that, didn't he, Ash? Like he said that, oh yeah, people only want stuff uh, that is uh, blank. They don't want um, well, they don't like. Oh yeah, he was like, they only want movie still stills. They don't want photographs. And I'm like, wow, that's not me at all. Yeah, you're the opposite of that. Yeah. So, but it does give you like, you know, this guy's a collector. He's his business, so he kind of told you like, you know, the stuff that's in demand is the movie still. So. Even if you were like collecting stuff and that wasn't really what you were interested in, if you find movie stills, you know, it might be worth it to just buy them and have them just so like, who knows, eventually you want to sell this stuff and be like, yeah, I have like, you know, every Disney movie on Viewmaster or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm putting it up for 50 bucks. Who wants to buy it? One of the things I got that was a true surprise. I tend to buy anything that's like Robin Hood themed. So there was a Robin Hood sleeve that this guy had and it it looked like live action because it had two human models on the front of it. And it was like the adventures of Robin Hood. And I was like, okay, cool. This is going to be like a live action thing. And so I put it um, in the viewfinder and it's puppet. This one was particularly creepy. I looked at this one. It's so incredible. They're like moldable, like like puppets that they they like put in different positions of Little John and Robin Hood, kind of palling around together at, at like a on like a lake. Yeah, and it's just like Robin Hood on Little John's back, and then Little John yeah. on Robin Hood's back, and then Friar Tuck and, is all of a sudden there, and then Friar Tuck shows up, and he's hanging out with everybody, and it's just like, but then if you look. At closely at their faces they're like clay or puppets they're they, they look like the puppets from mr rogers like those yes. town puppets yes the the land of make-believe puppets um one quick thing about the disneyland slide creepy I, ass puppets yeah they're creepy one thing about the disneyland slide that i didn't realize nick told me about this is like a lot of the Disneyland one slide is just like people interacting with characters in the park and the characters costumes are like really bad, like really creepy looking. There's characters I don't recognize. There's this one guy that's just appears to be like Mr. Orange man. And it's like, this isn't a character from any sort of Disney universe I'm aware of. And then Nick was telling me that when the park opened, they didn't have like all the costumes. And so they did the ice capades. Well, no. Um, yeah. When they, I learned this from podcast, the ride, one of my favorite podcasts, um, that when the park initially opened, Disneyland, they wanted the walk around characters like, you know, now Mickey, Minnie, everybody walking around. But that had not been done before. And uh, the only place that they had this had been done with big plush characters 
that kind of can move around were on, uh, yeah, like ice capades or like Disney on ice, like, or whatever. And so they took the characters that would normally be on ice skating around and then just put them in the park. And that's why they look so like decrepit and weird. They're like droopy. Yeah. They're just doesn't look right. And they're actually quite frightening. Yeah. Um, the Winnie the Pooh is frightening. He looks like someone smashed him. Right. Yeah, I yeah. If you look through, just Google like original Mickey and Minnie like at Disneyland, and it's really don't show your kids super scary shit. So yeah, Ashley's got a new little uh, uh, hobby. I'm so in and now. My fear is that I'm gonna go back to this guy, and he's gonna be like, "Yeah, we decided to keep all of them," because I seem to be reigniting his interest in it. No, he wants you to he wants you to come back and buy them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry, they're think- not gonna keep all of them. This yeah. dude wants money. You don't money. think him and his wife no, picked through them after I left? No. He was probably like, oh, that's cool. Hope she comes back. They, they need to sell okay. this stuff. They have storage lockers full of shit they're trying to get rid of, these people. So, yeah, I think uh, before we, we, we wrap up, I do want to mention we did see at that second um, at that second flea market something kind of funny. Uh, not funny. Maybe a little disturbing. Remember the one building we walked into and it was like it looked like somebody's just like trash heap? Was I thought there. you were going to talk about the lost kid, but yes, that we wasn't did. funny. There, yeah, there was a kid who was lost. No, the funny thing was that a woman just comes out and yells at the dad, like, it's going to be okay. We're going to find him. Don't freak out. He's going to be at the <laughs> office soon. And I was like, why is she acting so um, like this is not a big deal? And Nick was like, she probably works here and this probably happens four times every weekend. Yeah. yeah. But they did find the kid, they did. by like, the way, within, when we left. Within minutes. Yeah, within minutes. She was right. Um, but wait, before we get to the decrepit thing, uh, something that happened happened right before I asked the man if he had these Viewmaster slides was I was like I, I asked him if he had the Viewmaster slides and he's like oh yeah I, I got some I think in the storage and I was like oh okay and and then I looked down and he had like a case of like pins out P-I-N-S and one of them was a scroll that just said A-B-R those are my initials and I was like okay I, I'll get this pen and he was like great do you want me to go get the viewmasters and i'm like yes because that was the sign i needed from that, the universe that, that was what you needed to send him yeah, it was, and it was that. a tidy little little booth i liked their booth i thought it was great they had a lot of good stuff there like really like old books too vintage books and very cool but um and very neat and tidy and now, i got an abr pen uh, i got a keychain <laughs> that says i owe i owe i owe so off to work i go and i got um later a little picard action figure that was thrown in on a bunch deal first nick got a couple of things yeah, bought, and they rewarded him with a free action i mean figure. honestly I, I what 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 threw me for a loop was like the booths that they had for like action figures and stuff i mean was insane like they're like that, a toy store it was like a toy store because there aren't toy stores anymore i don't want to get into this but like if you're if you're a parent like i guess you know like the only place to buy toys are target and walmart like Toys R Us went out of business. KB Toys went out of business like 50 years ago at this point, you know, 25 years ago at this point. There aren't toy stores in regular areas. I, you know, New York City, I'm sure there's tons of toy stores. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe they're not. Um, I wasn't really into any of that when I was living there. So I, I didn't remember walking past a toy store every day to go to work when I was living in, in New York. But there aren't. So you have to go to, you have to, go to Target and you have to go to... Um, you have to go to Walmart, and if you want a specific, there's a few action figures that are like in demand, and that would be like X Men, you know, like a Marvel action figures, and 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 uh, also uh, uh, to a, a greater degree because it's a way lesser amount of stuff. The Ninja Turtles are back, and collectors are going crazy for a certain type of Ninja Turtle action figure that keeps getting released. 
You can't. But scalpers go and they buy all this shit. I like pro wrestling. We've been through this. I like it. I've decided that I wanted to start collecting certain pro wrestling action figures because it's a huge deal right now. I went online and it's just like it's back and people collectors are going crazy for them. They're not on the shelves. You can't go. You go to a Target. They've released a toy for a kid. And because the scalpers know when the trucks come in and all that stuff, they show up when they're stocking the shelves and buy the whole stock out of, of any of these in-demand toys. And uh, so it's like you either have to do second mark, uh, second, uh, you know, whatever. Like people will, will sell them to you on eBay with jacked up prices, which is what most people fucking do because they don't feel like going through this shit. Or you have to like hunt around to like every target in your state to find the new one that came out. Or every so often you can find like a vendor at a flea market who will raise the price a little bit but give you a good deal. In this place, it had the shit. So anyway, we went in there. I bought I bought uh, two female westlers, <laughs> like a like a real creep, handing them to the guy. Uh, that but I he al- find. you also handed over my little Picard. And we walked around that booth and we found a, a little uh, um, uh, Jean Luc Picard action figure from from Star Trek Next Generation. And the guy gave him to me for free he because gave- <laughs> <laughs> I felt like oh that made up the five bucks he jacked up on the other things I wanted. But he was like oh you want this yeah all right the Picards <laughs> the Picards free. And so we have a little like posable Jean Luc Picard. And I did I found the where it's from 1992. Oh that's cool. And there's like. It's, I think, Voyager. Does that make sense? No. 1992? Oh, what do you mean? I, does Was he on Voyager at no, all? No, he was on Next Generation. So, oh, you know what it is? Uh, what's the name of the movie that he, movies that he was in? He was in a movie. Oh, okay. I yeah. think they made the movie toys yeah. for yeah. that. Um, and I have it. Uh, I actually sent it to you. But, oh. I, but there are. And honestly, you could go on eBay and for like 50 bucks, you can have them all in little boxes and have all the, all the little characters. I put them up on my desk so he's looking at me yeah. from the plant. He's kind of cool. I like he's how cool. I like how posable he is. Yeah. Normally, toys from, from that era, you can't. There's not that many joints to pose. Wait, but you were going to say the sad thing. Oh, okay. So we'll end here. Yeah. It wasn't sad. <laughs> it was just like we went there. As Ashley mentioned, there was like five buildings. We went into one building and it just looked lesser than than other buildings. Yeah. It was just a little too creepy and dusty and in kind there. of abandoned. And we walked in and there were two booths, one on one side, one on the other side. And it looked like somebody's trash heap. Yeah. Like really, like yeah. n- n- the show like a hoarder. Like the yes, like think of the show hoarders and how like their halls are filled with boxes and but this was like what they were selling. And as I'm like looking, I'm seeing like a VHS tape here. And it looked as though like if you pulled one, the whole thing would like fall down. Yeah. There's like a dusty cassette tape here. And I'm looking. And then all of a sudden a guy comes around the corner with like a wheelbarrow full of shit. And he has like, of course, like army fatigues on. Like, yeah. And he's just like. Got uh, eyes looking VH- two different v- ways. VHS a dollar and up. Dollar and up. He just kept saying a dollar and up. Because that's the dollar and up. And he was like throwing heaps of shit on top of the heaps of shit. Yeah. And he, I was like, is this guy as a store? It was like, I, I, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. And Ashley and I like looked at each other and we we're like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. We left him pretty quickly. <laughs> and unfortunately, he did have some cool stuff he that if did. it wasn't piled on top of other stuff, and I so would have dusty and through. dirty. Yeah. I, I did. I was like, oh, he probably has some like cassettes that I'd buy or VHS that I buy because there's just so much of it. But can't do it anyway that's our uh, our talk about our flea markets apparent according to ashley we're going back next week so yeah. we'll see what happens yep, but, yep um all right folks that has been the show thank you for listening hey we dropped two patreon episodes last week so there are two up 
right now for the month of April. Um, check them out. Yeah, check them out at patreon.com forward slash reality blows. Uh, and uh, $5 is uh, the monthly pass you can get. And you get the peace of mind of knowing you support us. Yeah, support <laughs> support your friends, Nick and Ash. We need it. We're spending money on Viewmasters <laughs> and action figures now. So that's our lives. Um, but you know what? We're getting by just like you are. We love you so much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.